Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. Today I'm going to read to you from 2 Corinthians, and a little bit of context will be helpful for us to understand. Um, 2 Corinthians has a prequel called... Very good, very good. Very creative labeling of these letters. But there's actually a letter in between also called the letter of tears. Now we've lost that letter, but it's referenced in the two letters. So Paul continues to write, as he did in 1 Corinthians and now 2 Corinthians, to this church that he started in Corinth. And Corinth at the time was a thriving city, but it was a very Roman-influenced city, and so there were lots of Roman gods, lots of Roman uh, statues, traditions. Some of us went to Israel. We visited the ruins of Corinth. It's very enlightening to do that. Uh, But Paul is writing. He starts this church, and he continues to write them letters saying, okay, it's great that you're a part of our new Christian community, but there's some things we need to work on. You, like, you can't follow Christ and, and the God that sent Christ and still offer sacrifices to other gods. It doesn't work. You can't, you can't do some of the things that you're doing. If you're going to actually follow Jesus, it means you, you, you kind of have to live your life in a way that looks like you're following Jesus. So he continues to write them, and uh, he's struggling also with the fact that he's been outcast by them. This church that he started, they've started listening to other teachers, other preachers, other people with different ideas, and they're bad-mouthing Paul, gossiping and spreading rumors about him. Can you imagine that in the church? Like, I know it happened back then. Thank God it doesn't happen today. So I'm going to pick it up. Uh, We're mostly focusing on chapter 6 today, but in order to understand chapter 6, you have to back up a little bit to chapter 5. So chapter 5, starting at the 17th verse, Paul writes this. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Paul's saying that this world has been reformed. It's, there's a brand new thing that's taking place. All of, this, it, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us, listen to this, all of, I want to read this again, all of this is from God who reconciled us, you, me, Paul, the Corinthians, who reconciled us to God's self, through Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Paul's saying we've got a responsibility here. We, all of us, get to be ministers of reconciliation. It's like God's entrusting us with this responsibility. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. So if God's not counting the trespasses against them, it seems what Paul is saying is God expects us to do the same thing. 
Don't count trespasses against them. And entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. Now this next verse might be the most important of all. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You ever thought of yourself as an ambassador for Christ? Hopefully that comes with a little bit of weight to it. Like, whoa. We are called as followers of Christ to be ambassadors for Christ. Paul goes on, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God as we work together with him. We urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. Don't accept the grace of God in vain. It's like another way of rephrasing that, I saw it written this way, is, is don't shrink the effect of grace. It should be something that we, that we acknowledge has been given to us as a gift, and if it lives within us, it should change the way in which we live our lives. It's not that we, we are called to live this legalistic system of rules, but we're called to be affected by the fact that, that we have this amazing gift of grace. And so Paul would go on to say, don't shrink the effect of grace, and he would add in the, his case, by exiling me. <laughs> You've exiled me. What are you doing? This grace should change the way in which we live our lives. Now Paul goes on, we are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance in inflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing everything. And then finally he says this, we have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak to you, children. Listen to this. Open wide your hearts also. Open wide your hearts also. So Paul gives this laundry list that he's been beaten, he's been put in prison. All of these things he's saying not as a way of, of bragging and saying, look at me, look at what I'm doing for Jesus. It's not what he's doing here. He's showing that he's authentic, that in the ugliness 
of, of sometimes what it means to be a follower of Christ, still Paul, and I hope you heard this in that, finds the beauty in the ugly. He still talks about love. He still talks about affection and openness and finding God in all of the ugliness. And, he, and now he finds himself the founder of this church, a reconciled child of God to be exiled from the very church that he started. And so his claim to the Corinthians, his, his exhortation is, open your hearts. If you're excluding me, who else are you excluding? I want to I just let that phrase settle in for a minute. Open your hearts. I don't know about you, but I, I, there are times where I have to remind myself to open my heart to people that I want to close it off to. <laughs> and what does it mean to be called by God to open our hearts? I heard another scholar once say that God doesn't want anything from us. God doesn't want anything from us, only for us. God doesn't want anything from you. God doesn't want you to follow this list of rules, but God hopes that this gift, this, this grace that's been given changes our lives. That's what God wants for us, to live in response to that. And so that means that sometimes we gotta try to find God in the ugly places and announce in the ugly situations that you are a beloved child of God no matter what. So earlier this week, I uh, went to visit, and this is, I'll preface it with a hard, this is a hard visit for me. It's, I, I, I like to do it, but it's a difficult one. It's one of our members, some of you may know him. He's living uh, not far away in memory care with Alzheimer's. And visited him before, and it's always a difficult visit. I feel privileged to do it, but it's difficult. If you, if you have loved ones in memory care, or have, or presently do, you know how hard that is. Because you go in, and it's a number of people, and it's not just elderly, it's some younger people as well, and you see them wandering the halls, sometimes aimlessly, sometimes they're talking to nobody, sometimes they're talking to you, and you don't know what about and, and it's, it's just a difficult place to visit. And so I went in, and I was mingling with a few people, some intentionally, some not. And then I go, and I find him, and he's asleep in front of the TV, which surprised the staff because he's usually all over the place getting out his energy. And he's asleep in front of the TV, and so I wake him up, and he turns to me, opens his eyes, and says, hey, what brings you here? Which was a good, good first comment. Didn't get that the last time. <laughs> and so I, I decided to seize the moment, and I said, well, I've come to bring you communion. And he goes, oh, communion. What's that? And so I said, I had one of these little wonderful plastic cups, and I said to him, communion is where God says to you, you are a reconciled, love child of God. That God loves you on your good days, as the song said, and on your bad days. You are a child of God who is loved by God. And he goes, oh, I'd like to do that. And so I said, good. And seizing the moment, I 
tore back the first little plastic wrapper here that opens the wafer, you know, a, a very holy moment when you hear it crinkle. <laughs> and I took out the wafer, and he opens his mouth, kept his hands down, and so I plopped it in. And then I tore back another layer here to get to the grape juice inside, and he opened his mouth and tipped back his head, and I poured it in, and I said, you are a loved child of God. And he goes, I like that. And then he said, can we do it again? <laughs> now, the whole time there was this woman sitting next to him who I could tell was kind of eavesdropping, and she was listening and kind of responding here and there, and so then I said, well, let's say a prayer, and we, and they both, he and her, folded their hands, and I said, God, thank you for this reminder that no matter what, on our good days, bad days, we are loved by you, and you will never leave us. You always love us, and I said, amen, and he said, amen, and she said, amen, and then she did this, boom, Isn't it beautiful that no matter what, in the, sometimes the ugliness of what life leads us to, we still can find the beauty in knowing that we are reconciled children, God. Some of you, like me, are probably old enough to remember an old Heinz ketchup commercial. It's a commercial where this family walks into this dark, dreary diner. I mean, this diner looked like it was a haunted house, a haunted diner. And behind the counter, the, the cook was a huge, gruff guy, not very attractive, with an eye patch and just looked really scary. And he's flipping something on the grill. And then in one of the booths in this dark, dreary diner was one of those scary clowns in your nightmares. And this family walks in, and it's evident to all of us watching the commercial and to this family that they shouldn't really go into this place. There's nothing good here. But then they look up, and they're over by the chef, and most of it's in almost black and white, but up by the chef is this shining bottle of Heinz ketchup in red. And so they go in, and they suddenly have the smiles on their face, and they're enjoying their meal. And the commercial ends with these words on the screen, find the goodness. Isn't that a great calling for Christians? Find the goodness. So I was thinking about that, and Think I have a true confession for you. This is going to shock you. I am a white male heterosexual. Who's surprised? Thank you. I don't know how to take that. White male heterosexual. And so what has occurred to me as I thought about this theme this week is that I have a lot to learn from people who don't fit one or all of those categories on what exclusion is like. I have a lot to learn from those of you who don't fit in to what I just described. To those of you who have experienced some form of exclusion, you have the opportunity, and I ask you to do this, to teach us what that exclusion looks like. And, and I also hope and I know that we're not a perfect place either, but I also hope 
And I should start actually by saying this. I'm really glad you're here. If you're here today or watching online, I'm really glad that you are here. And I hope that you hear it announced. You are a reconciled, loved child of God, period. So I love on Fridays, I try to catch it on my way to work, I'll often catch it on the NPR morning edition, the StoryCorps. I love StoryCorps. They come out with these stories, and, and then they're just people talking and sharing life. And so I heard this one, and we, we tried to get permission to use it, but it was a private uh, thing, even though it's on the radio and online. Um, for some reason, it's marked private. So Q found a video of the same uh, two that were interacting. Now, let me set this video up for you. Uh, this comes to us um, from the Forgiveness Project, founded on their website. And it's um, a man and a woman. The man killed her son when he was 16 years old. And many years pass, and she decides to go visit him, and they form a relationship. So the amazing thing is those two live next to each other now and care for each other. Can you imagine that? I mean, I know it sounds impossible for us, and I, I, I think of that, and I think of that, that those two characters in that video, the one whose heart changed the most is hers. And again, I'm going to say it, that may feel impossible to us. But let me remind us of something. We worship a God who raises the dead. So of course it's possible that this God could reconcile our hearts could restore our closed and broken hearts. So let me close again with this verse. Back from Corinthians. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That grace that's been given, may it make a difference in our lives.